0: All right, it is Thursday, November 19th, and I just watched and taken thorough notes of the press conference. This is huge. The only question about the scope of this is how much the media is going to actually cover it, but the evidence here, the accusations here, the hundreds of affidavits here, these are stunning we have never had a scandal of this size before in uh, American history. This is maybe the biggest siege that we've ever seen on, uh, on the idea of the um, American political system. Uh, It appears as though the FBI is complicit in this as well. Um, That there was no evidence presented for that specifically, I will say. However, uh, they did say that many of these affidavits that have been signed, and when you sign an affidavit, you can sign it um, swearing that it's the truth, and you can then also sign it to a greater degree under penalty of perjury, which means if anything in there is a lie, you can be charged and go to jail. So it's a much, much higher standard, and they have hundreds of people now, poll workers and witnesses, uh, observers, who have all signed these affidavits under penalty of perjury. So, what I want to do in this episode is go through a bit of uh, of this. I also want to talk about what's going on in Michigan, what's going on in Wisconsin. Um, it's very interesting stuff, and what this means to the overall race. Um, in short, I think Trump's going to win this. I, I, I've been saying in previous episodes, I think it's you know there's a fifty one percent chance for Trump. Boy, that is increasing rapidly, and I think what was announced today um, is proof of what we're dealing with. Uh, A lot of these things have been kind of hinted at before, but this was the first time that it's all been kind of presented together at the same time. And so what exactly did they talk through? Okay, well, let me paint the picture here. This happened in, uh, at the, the Trump campaign headquarters in Washington, D.C. Um, it was uh, a handful of different attorneys working on cases in different states. So this is a press conference where mainly two uh, attorneys were um, presenting here. One of them, Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York, um who, you know, obviously uh cleaned up the mob in New York City and also um basically repaired the city after nine eleven 11 and has gone on to make some uh kooky claims on certain things, maybe you could argue. He's 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 a weird guy, um you you must admit. But um everything that he is putting in lawsuits is uh is it, pretty damn good evidence. And the other attorney here that was presenting today was Sidney Powell. Um, she is one of the best attorneys in the country um, who has a long-standing track record uh, for working on cases that are um, hugely important. Um, she is one of the heavy hitters. in. Uh, it, that's the only way really to say it. She's one of the best attorneys that there is in the entire country. So they went through a lot of these different states. Um, the press conference here started uh, with them talking about, and I'm, I'm going to kind of go through a lot of this because I took notes throughout all of this, and I want to try to make it as digestible as possible but still stay accurate. So this, this conference started out. They said there is not a singular vote fraud in one state. There seems to be a similar pattern across multiple states. So this suggests that there is a plan from some... Centralized place that's focusing on big cities. This is this is what they have identified in their their uh, uh, legal complaints, and they're laying out here for the press just so you understand. They're laying out a little bit of of uh, what they've already filed, but also elements of the case that they will be filing tomorrow. That they plan to file tomorrow on Friday, November twentieth. So they said this suggests the plan comes from a central place and is focusing on big, specifically, big cities controlled by Democrats and, furthermore, those cities that have a long history of voter fraud and corruption, including some judges who have, in the past, ignored clear signs of corruption. So they're focusing on, you know, the idea here is, you know, Pennsylvania, I'm sorry, uh, Philadelphia County... In Pennsylvania is an area that is so corrupted that we we have a very good shot of, even if the votes are caught, some judge saying, um, it's fine, there's not enough evidence here, let's move on. So they're focusing on areas where not only do they have democratic control, but they also have people that can kind of help to cover that. And that's true. If you look at what's going on in Michigan right now, um, that's the case. Pennsylvania, of course, uh, Wisconsin as well, um, Nevada, uh, these are ple- Georgia, to some extent, although Georgia does have a Republican um, governor, so these are places where um, the the apparatus is very, very strongly Democrat. So at the very least, and look, it's not a stretch at this point to say that Democrats are are in on this because what we're seeing from the, the, everyone who is not uh, uh, interested in investigating this fraud is that they all are, are counting these uh, single cases of evidence as unimportant and irrelevant and not worth investigating. So I, it's not as simple as saying, you know, the Democrats plotted this whole thing and they pulled it off. All, all that's true is that a few people may have pulled this off, and all of the Democrats now are insisting that no one look into it. So this isn't suggesting that everyone who's a Democrat has to be in on this, but it is suggesting that everyone who is a Democrat is asking for these these uh, recounts and audits to stop immediately. So it it, it is uh, there is a technical difference there. Um, I think th- it's bad either way, but um, I think it's corrupt either way. But that's what's happening. So... Let's go through the states here. Pennsylvania. Rudy Giuliani talks about this. The margin in Pennsylvania right now is 69,000 votes. They've identified 670,000 mail-in ballots. So that's almost 10 times the uh, margin, the the difference here. And uh, these are in um, Philadelphia County and some in Pittsburgh that 50-plus Republican inspectors—these are the people whose job it is to inspect the opening of these ballots—were blocked from observing during tallying. Um, Hundreds of affidavits for this. They have sworn under penalty of perjury. In addition, most of these cases, there were also um, no Democrat observers or independent observers to the tallying here. It was just the counter in most of these ballots, so that that is what they have found, and of course, you know, fifty plus Republican inspectors who say um, it runs runs the gamut from they weren't allowed to enter in the first place to uh, they were allowed to enter and when they protested they were removed and uh, and and were not allowed back in to they were sent home because they were told they were done counting and then they found more ballots, you know. So these are all very shady circumstances. That are identified in these affidavits. They continue. These observation rules are required. Now, this is why observation is important. The rules and, and the law here is required because mail in ballots are particularly susceptible to fraud. So envelopes with the proof of signature on the side and and the ID of the person submitting it, that envelope's the only thing you have that shows this is a real person. Well, the process in, in Pennsylvania is to throw that envelope away. That's not important. They only keep the ballots that are inside. And once those are split, there is no way to trace those back to the envelope that it came in. So once you have removed the envelope, there's there's no way to audit this. You're just accepting that, um, that this was true. Now, they were instructed not to look at the signature at all, not to verify the signature at all. Um, And this process was only done in two Pennsylvania counties, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Else, The two blue areas in Pennsylvania that make the difference and that that have have been the places that uh, Biden ran up his tally enough to outweigh the rest of the state. Elsewhere in Pennsylvania, in all other counties, proper protocol was followed. It's just Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia County, ballots were allowed to be fixed. And this is a a new thing. Ballots that were incomplete or were seen to be missing um, certain elements, who knows what that means, were allowed to be fixed and cured. This is something that came straight from the Secretary of State, a Democrat. He only told those two counties, again, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, if there are incomplete ballots... You can, have, you can go fix or cure those and track down the people who voted, which they did. Now, it doesn't appear that this is a huge number of ballots in and of itself, but it does indicate that this is clearly a violation of state election law and, and the Equal Protection Clause, which means that every vote has to be treated equally. And if you have all the counties um, that are not fixing or curing these ballots— and tracking down people after the fact and told under state law that that is not legal. And then the Democratic Secretary of State tells these two other counties, oh, you can go track down people in your county, though. Well, obviously, you can see where how that's unequal. Uh, furthermore, they mentioned 15—this uh, is a third issue in Pennsylvania that they mentioned on uh, the press conference today—15,000 provisional ballots were cast in Pittsburgh. Witnesses testified, and and uh, will testify, that when they had a ballot in which there was no voter present, they were told to fill it out. And we'll give the person, if that person ever comes in, then we'll give them a provisional ballot. That 15000 is much, much higher than uh, the standard rate for provisional ballots, especially in an area like uh, Philadelphia, which is, uh, I'm sorry, in Pittsburgh. We're talking about Pittsburgh. This is a very high rate, and what they were told to do, and this is actually on audio, is during their training, they were told that these provisional ballots are used as a way to placate the people who come in and claim that, no, I didn't fill out a ballot, I, I definitely haven't filled out a ballot yet, and then um, if that person insists they still want to vote, we'll give them a provisional ballot, and they even joke, we can throw them away then after that. We don't, we aren't going to count it. So that creates a real issue. Um Furthermore, Justice Alito instructed Pennsylvania to separate all absentee ballots that were received after November 3rd. Um, multiple affidavits say that as a result of this Supreme Court order, uh, that batches of these absentee ballots were backdated. The, the ballots that came in late were backdated to November 3rd to make sure that they would all count. So pretty shady stuff going on in Pennsylvania. In Michigan, this is where there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Two days ago, the Michigan uh, Board of Canvassers, uh, it, it's two Democrats, two Republicans, they refused to certify the vote. Then a couple hours passed. Um, some threats were made on the uh, Republicans who were refusing to certify the votes in Wayne County. And, you know, they claim 71 percent of these precincts in Wayne County um the voter rolls did not match the actual vote counts. So they were saying, this is very clearly the worst bookkeeping of any county that we've seen. Um, So we need to figure out why all of the numbers are so off. We can't balance the books this way. And um, the uh, story goes that the Republican canvasser was told that they do not have the ability... To not certify. And then, as a settlement to this, the Secretary of State offered to do an independent audit of those differences in Wayne County if they would certify the votes. So this Republican gave in and said, okay, then I'll certify it on condition that you will do an independent audit of these votes. Well, later that night, after this Republican had been called racist because, you know, I guess Detroit has a high black population. So therefore, if there are issues with the vote, you're, you hate black people. Um, and the name of her kid's school, uh, was, um, broadcast to the public. Um, after all of this happened and the, uh, the governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, who, uh, uh, is, is one of the biggest pieces of, total shit that you've seen in your life. Um, when there was all of this blowback, they finally gave in and certified this. And the Secretary of State put out a statement saying, yeah, we don't believe that that agreement we made with the, the Board of Canvassers is valid. So we're not going to be doing an audit or, uh, or, you know, any type of review of that. And we consider the vote now certified. This Democratic Secretary of State. So what happens? Last night, 24 hours after all of this went down, uh, that same—the the two Republicans on that board uh, put out affidavits, uh, personal affidavits, that detailed this exchange, the agreement that was made between them and the Secretary of State, and announcing that they were taking back their certification. And— um, as a result of all of these discrepancies. And they listed a lot of these discrepancies in Michigan. Now, the Secretary of State right now is claiming that you can't rescind your certification vote. Sorry, you already voted to certify, so therefore it's certified. Now, uh, you can argue about how the process is supposed to work, but it's very clear there's some shady business going on here. This is not how, you know, the American democracy is supposed to work, is it? Doesn't this sound a lot more like Russia? Not saying it is Russia. I'm saying these are the shenanigans that happen when a state becomes too corrupt, too powerful, too corrupt. And the Secretary of State has the backing of Gretchen Whitmer, who again has the ability to pardon anyone in her party for any crime. So um, this is, unless it's federal, which this could be considered a federal crime if it affects the outcome of the election So all of this is going on right now it's a little bit up in the air but um, but it's very clear that there's some shady business going on there are also multiple lawsuits that are are going on now and they talked about that in the press conference as well they said there's an affidavit from someone named uh, Jesse they referred to this person as Jesse who was instruct she Jesse detailed, that she was instructed to adjust the date of received absentee ballots in Detroit to backdate them to November third. Again, these are are ballots that are coming in after November third. Witnesses testified that poll workers coached many people in Detroit in the booth. So This is a separate accusation: how and who to vote for. So these, in theory, these are going to be the people that they're using to, you know, come through, fill out ballots. The, the dumb people, they give a gift card or they, you know, they, they bribe in some way and feed them through, um, you know, 10 or 20 at a time. And the idea being that they would kind of circulate and, and uh, basically pad the vote. Um, who know Again, we're not seeing the, 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 uh, the actual documentation or the affidavits from some of these, but that is another one of these claims. I think that's maybe the least credible of all of these but again, these are being signed under penalty of perjury by poll workers and people that were there and people that were actually working on this. Uh, Jessie, this person also um, in Detroit, also says she was instructed not to ask for any photo ID whatsoever on anyone who is voting, which is against state law. She was instructed not to check authenticity of any ballot. Do not look at signatures on any absentee ballot so immediately, all of the, the things you would have that would verify a signature are going out the window. Um, they have two—this is, this is kind of their bottom line here. They have 220 affidavits in Michigan that are all signed under penalty of perjury. So you would expect that's 220 people who have all signed statements willing to go to jail if they're lying that claim that all of this has happened. Uh, remember that big ballot dump that happened in Michigan overnight at 4.30 a.m.? Well, there's also a little bit of a, a revelation on that. Per these affidavits, at 4.30 a.m., trucks arrived with boxes of ballots, placed, and these ballots were placed on tables after almost all of the inspectors had left. Um, the Rudy said that there were still two Republican inspectors at the time, um, but everyone else had been—well, everyone had been instructed to go home. These ballots were— all for Biden. There was no down ticket, so no other Democrats or Republicans uh, were voted for, and they didn't have anything on the outer envelope. There's no signature on the outer envelope of these absentee ballots. Well, that's a problem. The affidavit claims that several of these batches that were 100% Joe Biden were put through the machine, in some cases, three times Um, I think they stated there was one batch of 500 ballots that were all for Joe Biden. Um, Sidney Powell's mentioned several times that these looked like they were mass duplicated because they had the perfect black bubble, and uh, they all matched, and it was just that one vote. So it almost looked like it was just printed that way. Well, it would be printed that way if these were photocopied in some way. Again, what year is this? Why are we having these issues? Oh, because we have corrupt people running the system. So the affidavit claims several of these batches were put through the machines three times, um, and at least three times, and they have 100 affidavits from poll workers in Wayne County, that's Detroit, alone. 100 people. So pretty damning stuff happening in Michigan. And again, even if the uh, uh, vote total is certified, this is all going to court, and this is pretty damning evidence, isn't it? It's pretty clear that there's not just one or two or three levels of corruption happening. It's, it's much more than that. It's trying to cover your tracks all the way down, breaking the law, then breaking the law to try to cover up breaking the law, then breaking the law on that as well. That's what's happening in Michigan. Now, Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't allow mail-in ballots. Um, they, they don't do that, but they do do absentees. So the law is very clear that you must apply for an absentee ballot in order to be counted. That's the only that's the system for this. You don't get to just pick up an absentee ballot someplace and then submit it. Um, You and it's not universal. You must first apply for it. So there is either a log of some sort, or if you do it in person, there will actually be a full application. But there's a process you have to actually apply for this. In two. And only, so so remember this, there's a process for those absentee ballots. In two and only two cities, these are Madison and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, mass amounts of absentee ballots do not have absentee applications. There are 60,000 more absentee ballots than people who requested absentee ballots in Milwaukee alone. That's just in Milwaukee. In Madison, 40,000 absentee ballots, more than people who requested them. So right there, you have 100,000 absentee ballots that are appearing out of no place that are untrackable because they don't have the sleeves on them anymore. And and they don't have the sleeves uh, as soon as they are tallied up. The, The sleeves are discarded and separated from the ballots. So you have one, a 100,000 vote total right there in absentee ballots that, uh, that don't have any record of ever being requested in the first place. Pretty interesting. Uh, they also talk about the concept of an overvote. This is when more people vote than are registered. This happened in several precincts. Uh, Detroit was one of those. The overvote, or was many of those, those precincts specifically, this is part of the reason that the canvassers didn't want to certify the vote in Wayne County. The overvote was too high in two-thirds of the precincts in Detroit. The, uh, it, the, this is most of those precincts, the actual polling places in Detroit, the voting total, the number of people voting there was higher than the overall number of people who lived there not to mention the people that were registered there. In some cases, two times the number of people living in a precinct voted, including some children under the age of 18. So they've actually found children who have voted under the age of 18 here in Detroit. Uh, they also mentioned that in some areas, um, this, this wasn't clear whether this was Detroit or someplace else. I assume it's someplace else in the, in the state of Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Uh, but it could still be a precinct in Detroit. They have found 350 um, percent more ballots than registered voters, so 300, 3.5 times the number of registered voters in in a precinct, and uh, and they are getting ballots. You know, triple, almost quadruple the number of ballots that they expected in some small little precinct. So those are the three big states that were talked about. I also want—they they mentioned they are going to be filing a lawsuit tomorrow, Friday, November 20th, in Georgia. Um, in Atlanta, the GOP uh, Republicans were not allowed to observe a- the absentee ballot opening, and the ballots were removed from their envelopes. Um, they have significant issues of—you know, you've heard about now m- multiple cases just this week of the memory cards being found— that had Trump votes on them um, it's it's weird how that even happens. What kind of a system takes a you know a box of paper ballots, converts them into something that should go on a memory card and then doesn't I guess import them to your Dominion software We're going to get to Dominion in just a second as well. That was the second half of this press conference. But the other interesting things they mentioned—they're likely to file a lawsuit in Arizona, where things have been very, very tight. The governor there, as well, has said he's going to refuse to certify um, the vote until there is an audit that's performed. So I think it's likely Trump is going to win Arizona. It's a very close race there. I think it's you know 12 or 15,000, so it's it's pretty narrow. Um, and they haven't uh, accounted—they haven't basically accounted for any of the. Um, fraudulent ballots that are canceled out as a regular thing. This is, you know, not just the signature verification or missing the date to enter, but this is also things like change of address forms and people that are uh, voting in Arizona despite having moved to another state more than 30 days ago. You know, that is uh, fraud. That's voter fraud. So if you have even a fraction of the, you know, tens of thousands of people who have moved to another state— Well, you know, and we don't know that they've moved to another state. Probably the majority of those change of address forms are to other addresses within Arizona. But um, look, the margin, if you got a 12,000-vote margin, that's going to close it real quickly. And all you have to do is filter out a few of those signature verification forms, and Arizona goes to Trump. They also mentioned, and this was really interesting, they have found significant fraud in some other states that were very unexpected, in New Mexico. Now, in New Mexico, it's about a 99,000-vote difference. It was really never up um, for—Trump was never going to win New Mexico. At least no one expected it. Um, They say there's significant fraud, but they're not sure if the margin of that fraud is enough to change the results. So they think that— Although they have found fraud, it's probably going to account for fewer than ninety-nine thousand of those votes. So it's it's not. They said they're considering it, but they don't know. The other state that this happened in was Virginia, where a lot of federal workers live, um, in Alexandria, right at the very edge of Virginia, uh, next to D.C. And in Virginia, the margin was much wider. It was four hundred fifty thousand votes. Uh, Joe Biden won. 54% of that state, to Donald Trump winning 44% of that state. And again, the margin being 450,000 votes. They have found significant fraud in Virginia. And you know again, that's that's a lot more than New Mexico, even. Um, that's four times New Mexico. Of course, it's a much bigger state. Um, is it four times bigger state? Oh, it is. It's exactly four times bigger state. So the ratio is about the same. Um, and they have found significant fraud there, but they're not sure if the margin is enough for them to... Uh, spend money on it, basically. Um, They think it's a a much longer shot. And look, we're in a situation where this kind of stuff is going to get very expensive really quick. Donald Trump just paid $3 million, I understand, out of his own pocket, not out of the campaign funds, in order to pay for a recount in Wisconsin. So um, that is going to result in auditing certain uh, ballots And uh, uh, I think it's just in two counties, but um, I expect that to flip the state for Trump. That's what I expect. Um, So that's the first half of this presentation. And then, you know, we're running a little long here, so I'm trying to give you all of the the detailed information on what happened. Let's talk about Dominion, and I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible. So Sidney Powell, this attorney that is – she's so impressive – talked about some of the research they're doing on Dominion voting systems. Now, a lot of this crosses over with what we talked about a couple episodes ago, this weighted race feature that comes with Dominion software. Dominion um, voting systems, I I, I need to clarify, Dominion is a company that provides machinery, basically. Their job is to package up a, you know, something, it looks kind of like a printer, and then they ship off these printers, they're, they're preloaded with the software in order to run the hardware, and then it all plugs into, you know, the, the county's computers and all of that stuff. And, you know, they have a whole team of tech people that go out and set it up and, you know, whatever. So a lot of Dominion people um, were even on site in some of these places where they were having significant problems counting things. There might have been a reason for having those problems. So Sidney Powell talks about the origin of some of this um, software, and specifically a company called Smartmatic. Smartmatic is a actual software company, and it's the software that goes on Dominion machines. So it's really, you can refer to it as Dominion software, but it's actually a software that's created by an entity known as Smartmatic. Now, Smartmatic has... um, very strong ties to the Venezuelan government as well as uh, Argentina and some other Latin American states. They have—one um, uh, of the people involved with Hugo Chavez um, s- has signed an affidavit and, and came out to the Trump campaign and said, this is exactly what happened in Venezuela. I worked directly with Hugo Chavez in the creation of these, these systems in, in uh, Venezuela, and that that is what they're using. This is the exact same technique that that I was involved in in Venezuela. Now, um, the claim here is that Hugo Chavez personally oversaw the creation of several tools that were used in elections, and specifically Dominion software, this this Smartmatic software that Dominion now uses. Uh, that uh, affidavit from the person who worked with Hugo Chavez said uh, the same thing was happening in the United States that he saw um, regarding these the, the counting in these different states being shut down. And what he hypothesized was that the algorithm that was being applied was not enough. And instead, that's why you started to see these kind of mysterious trucks with with uh, unfolded clean ballots starting to show up, these perfect bubbles for Joe Biden. Um, And uh, they started to basically go to plan B because Trump performed a lot more strongly than anyone anticipated, which, you know, checks out. I think that's fair to say from all of the polls that we were seeing. Um, In Michigan, they claim Dominion can flip votes from Biden to Trump. Now, Michigan's the state we talked about. Uh, Dr. Shiva did his analysis on. Um, That is the state they shut down because the software algorithm showed an overwhelming and unexpected support for Trump. Now Dominion, they talked a little bit about the ties here. Dominion's office right now is in Toronto, so it's a foreign company. They share offices with the Soros group, uh, Soros Group, excuse me, <laughs> um, and which is George Soros, a big, extremely wealthy progressive um, billionaire. I'm sure it's a coincidence. Sequoia is the name of a company that. Um, Basically, Sequoia and Smartmatic are the same. Um, they've changed names as they've been hit with different um, legal issues, but it's the same people behind those. Um, Sydney Powell details that they their systems counted a 125 million votes during the 2004 election in the U.S. This is the election where we told you about earlier. The votes had decimal points at the end of of the vote totals, so somehow, they were adjusting the vote totals and adding some percentage, some decimal, something something was being manipulated in the software as, as early as 2004 from what we've seen. John Kerry and uh, John Edwards and, um, and then George Bush and Dick Cheney. So they all had, all these candidates had decimal point ballot totals. Very odd. So they mentioned that uh, Sequoia and Smartmatic counted 125 million votes during the 2004 election in the U.S. That's pretty damn near the overall total. The owners of Smartmatic, this software company, are not known, which is kind of interesting. They're shielded by several different groups, and it's not clear. However, they are associated with the Venezuelan government still and people who have been in the Venezuelan government. Um, In October 2006, congresspeople from both parties, including Amy Klobuchar, um, began asking for examinations into Smartmatic and these electronic voting systems. Um, There was never any follow-up on that from Congress. Eric Coomer, one of Dominion's executives, has suggested that the election, in previous conversations with people, has suggested the election is a guarantee for Joe Biden. And, uh, and obviously expressed a outward hatred for Trump, as so many of these people do. That can be seen on social media and on YouTube. Um, and this is where Sidney Powell said, this is where the weighted race feature comes in. It is a decimal uh, amount that multiplies the number of ballots that are being created. And it can multiply um, the, the two opponents— by a, an inverse amount. So on one side, you could do 0.25, and on the other side, you could do 0.75, as long as it adds up to one. And what that would do is change that proportion of the overall votes for one candidate in, effectively into a number of votes for the other candidate. So this, this uh, software is, is really backwards. Furthermore, This is part of the reason that Texas refused to certify Dominion, uh, uh, this software they use, because it has untraceable problems. The software has a feature where the user, this could be a county clerk or someone else entering data, can drag and drop, quote, drag and drop ballot batches without trace into the trash or into other candidate counts. So you can actually say, here's, you know, 10,000 uh, ballots that were counted for this particular candidate. Uh, drag and drop, whoops, I, I accidentally dropped it into some other candidates total. Um, Texas refused to certify Dominion because of this. Uh, because of these, these problems, they were untraceable. It was not clear how the software worked or how you could audit it. And we now understand to some extent why, if this was created by a government in order to um, illegitimately win elections. Um, the claim was also made by Sidney Powell that this software and these tools appear to have been used by Maduro, the new leader right now of, um, of Venezuela. So um, several election officials referred to buying Dominion um, as having quote-unquote election insurance. They've uncovered these documents that talk of theres a big push to buy Dominion software from Democrats in particular. Um, We know specifically that the software has been used to fix elections in several foreign countries, including Venezuela, as we mentioned, but also Argentina, and there's evidence of use in other Latin American countries as well. We do not know how many candidates in the United States, Republican or Democrat, have— use these systems or have paid some entity in order to win their elections in the past. Um, That is the Pandora's box that we are possibly on the cusp of opening. A lot of this is going to be about Trump-Biden. But if that ends up being overturned because of this, it will mean that we have had, at least since 2004— when these systems have been in use and we'll have no idea who actually won legitimately and who didn't, I mean, maybe in some elections where the, the, uh, the margin between the votes was so significant, you could argue, well, it wouldn't have made a difference. Even if they had put a 25%, um, you know, adjustment on this, then it wouldn't have made a difference. But this is casting a lot of doubt onto all of this. Um, So as a result of all of this, if you look around on uh, CNN or on MSNBC, they are presenting this press conference and all the evidence that was was talked about here as no evidence, and uh, also talking about this as being a bonkers press conference or a bananas press conference by Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. I can assure you, that calling something bonkers or bananas has no impact on the facts themselves. And if you look at these lawsuits and what is in these lawsuits, these are things that need to be investigated further. And this is really going to be um, incredible to see a lot of this come out. Because um, if we are to look at the, the chart right now, of the states that we're told Joe Biden has won. So, you know, we'll fill in Wisconsin, we'll fill in Michigan, we'll fill in Pennsylvania. Um, Right now, I think Biden leads by a little bit in Georgia, um, although that, I think that will be overturned. So Biden's at 306 to Trump's 232. Now, just walk with me a little bit. I I, want to go through a couple of these. Let's say that Trump wins Michigan, which he's going to. He's going to flip Michigan. That's 10 points fewer, uh, electoral college votes fewer for Biden, and 10 more for Trump. So all of a sudden, Biden 296, Trump 242. If Georgia goes to Trump, then that's 16 more points. Biden is at 280, Trump is at 258. Now, if either Michigan or Pennsylvania go to Trump, Trump wins, 274. If he loses Michigan and Pennsylvania both, but instead wins Arizona, then we are tied up at 269, and the House gets to vote on who is president, and, um, uh, sorry, the Congress does, um, and there is a slight Republican edge there, although I believe that means they can vote for any candidate they choose, Um but, but basically, if it gets knotted up at 269 and neither candidate reaches 270, then, um, then uh, you know, I mean, wouldn't that be a fitting end to, uh, to the end of this year? So we're currently dealing with um, a real crisis, I think, um, in the way that our election systems are treated. And um, if you look at what is going on on Predict it, this is, you know, the... the the market for um, for who's going to win in these different states in the last 12 hours since this press conference and you know some of the rumors of what they were going to talk about started to leak and of course Michigan um, trying to rescind their certification all of these states are starting to move toward Trump now still a long shot but it's not seven percent anymore um, you know some of these states. Pennsylvania is inching up. It's now at 15. Uh, Wisconsin, same thing. Nevada, same thing. You know, these um, are—Georgia is moving up as well. Um, So this is really—for the people that expected Trump to back down, everything we saw today indicates this is all going to be reviewed by a judge, possibly a jury, and this is going to be settled in court. And you know what that means? It means the corporate press doesn't get to be the arbiter of truth. In fact, we're going to be able to see these headlines like what the New York uh, Times put out just eight days ago. They put out a headline, full page across, you know, banner headline. Election of, this is November 11th. Election officials nationwide find no fraud. unbelievable. Is there any better time to be alive in terms of the craziness that's being uncovered right now and the corruption? If we live in a in a system that is this corrupt, it is our obligation to reveal as much of that as possible. And for those that are willing to ignore this evidence and ignore the people that are saying, we need to count the votes and play by the rules. Those people are evil. Those Democrats that are urging unity, so long as it's unity in their opinions. These people are evil. Never forget that. This is a, a, a absolutely a fight that must be won to expose the corruption that is taking place And look, it's possible that this isn't going to be enough for Trump to win. It is possible. I I think it's more likely that Trump probably is going to win now. But it's possible the votes won't be enough. They won't find enough, you know, fraud uh, that enough signatures will match. You know, these recounts aren't going to really uncover as much fraud as what they're claiming. But boy, does this evidence look strong. And if that's if that's going to determine the outcome of this election, my money is on Donald Trump because he's not going down without a fight. There's a lot of politicians that would go down without a fight, but Donald Trump, of all people, is not someone you want to you bet against, especially when he has this kind of data on his side. So just as we predicted, it's going to be really a race between what the media can sell as this being crazy, and or what the cathedral, I should say, including the deep state. Because, you know, Rudy talked about the FBI being contacted, uh, or Sidney Powell, I'm sorry, Attorney Sidney Powell. She talked about how the FBI had been contacted by many of these people who signed affidavits, and the FBI has not responded to any of these people. Which you would expect, with these kinds of allegations of fraud, the FBI would be involved, wouldn't you? If this kind of corruption exists, it must be brought into the daylight. It must be. That's it for today. Um, If we have big news, I think I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Um, I do expect a Georgia lawsuit to be filed tomorrow. Uh, Things are moving fast now, and I think this is, when I predicted we're going to see some movement uh, this week, this is what I was talking about. And I think we have enough here that you, you should adjust your expectations, because I think Trump is going to be president again come January. That's it for this episode. We will see you next time. Please share this with anyone that needs to hear it, and we will talk to you soon.